Welcome to 43rd and Woodland, the intersection where family and science forge together. I am Sean Ahern, class of 2019, excited to bring you another episode for your personal and professional development. If you couldn't tell by the intro, we're missing Jared this episode as he's studying and I think actually just finished taking his comprehensive exams as he's preparing for his next step of obtaining his PhD. So please wish him the best of luck. Today on 43rd in Woodland, though, I sit down with David Zarif, soon to be Farm D, who is a class of 2021, to discuss the do's and don'ts of advanced pharmacy practice experiences, or APPI for short, rotations, and really give the inside scoop of how students should prepare for what's to come in the near future, and maybe some advice that we wish we knew before starting rotations. So with that, welcome David Zarif. Hey, Sean. Thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, excited to be on here. It's my first podcast, so uh, <laughs> thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome. And thank you so much for, for taking the time to be with us. And, you know, I kind of want to start off this episode by saying congratulations. I don't want to steal your thunder. So as we've already talked about, you kind of landed a fellowship. So you want to tell the audience where you're going? Yeah, of course. Thank you. Thank you. I know uh, I used you for a lot of advice. I really appreciate it. So <laughs> I'll be doing the uh, U-Sciences Philadelphia College of Pharmacy Fellowship. I'll be with GenMab. They're a biotech doing some pretty cool monoclonal antibodies, especially in the oncology space. And then I'll be rotating through different functional areas, such as regulatory, meta-fairs, and then clinical development as well. So definitely got a good picture of everything. So I'm excited to uh, start there in July. Jeez, that's, that's a mouthful. I'm, I'm already jealous. That sounds like an incredible fellowship that you have going on. So I'm super excited for you. Thank you. I'm definitely excited, very blessed and humbled to you know, be part of the team for sure. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if students that are interested in obtaining a fellowship are already reaching out to you and asking what your fellowship is about, why you even picked a fellowship. I and mean, we can definitely go into that later on the podcast. But I really wanted to focus this episode on just appy rotations. And mm-hmm. again, this is specifically for pharmacy students, for people that don't know. Pharmacy school at University of the Sciences is six years in length, uh, two years undergrad and four years graduate. And that last year is actually completing rotations where you really work in the field, kind of get your feet wet of what a pharmacist can do and the opportunities that are available. And with that, something that's very nerve wracking, your fifth year of pharmacy school, which I think a lot of students are doing now, are picking your rotations. And, I, you know, I personally believe, I would love to hear your thoughts. I think there, there is some magic behind it and there, there is some strategy. And even especially if you want to do a fellowship or a residency or, or any type of field. So I guess we'll kind of just start there of what really was the secret sauce for you when selecting your rotations. Yeah, I feel like, you know, there's definitely multiple ways you could go about it. I think for me, my secret sauce is, you know, you can do the lottery or then you, there's there's a lot of stuff that you can apply for and hope you can get selected for. And I think for me, I wanted to, you know, do more of the applications just so I had a better idea of where I wanted to go. And I think that gave me, you know, you like make your own luck instead of hoping the lottery, you know, is in your favor. And I think for me, kind of, it kind of worked out better in that, I was excited to know where I was going to go. And, and I had, you know, I fully wanted to be there rather than, you know, maybe leaving it up to chance for lottery, I think. But I think at the same time, you know, lottery does have a lot of amazing programs and you shouldn't just, you know, discount them as well. Mm-hmm. 100% agree. And I guess it will even take a step back here because I think the fifth year students have already selected uh, their rotations and we'll, we'll get into the selection process there, but even take a step back, what is the lottery and what are, I guess, some rotations that you can apply for uh, that you were talking about? Yeah. So I think for what you can apply for. So there's a few industry ones. I know that you sciences offers that you have to apply for. I think the FDA and then as well as doing the Indian health services, those are all application based ones. 
And then you can also apply to do matrixes at different institutional hospitals. So currently I'm doing a New York Presbyterian matrix. I know the school offers one at Johns Hopkins Hospital as well as at Yale University Health System. So you can, you can do those. And then for other ones, the lottery, so you rank them between what special area. So say it's an AMCARE or ambulatory care uh, rotation. You could probably rank your top five and then you submit it into the lottery. I think, you know, the lottery runs by all the API experimental directors and then you get, get known, uh, it gets resulted and then you figure out, does this make up? And then you contact either Scott Green or who your API director is at your different school just to, you know, figure out is this going to work for me or does this, does this line up in a way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are, those are all great points. And like you said, I feel like the world is your oyster when picking rotations, especially at the University of Sciences, which is great. Uh, so shout out to Scott Green. I, I think he's still doing the happy rotations there. So I'm glad he, he gives students so many experiences and opportunities. But even with that, because it, it can kind of get, uh, I would say, a little overwhelming to pick your rotations and to know what to do. So were there factors in terms of, okay, if I wanted to do, let's say, a residency or I wanted to do a fellowship or even public health, is there ways you think to pick your rotations in a very strategic way? And I guess, did you go about that when you picked that matrix program, like you said, at Presby? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like the best strategy I could do, you could do is, is try to get, if you know, like if you're interested in maybe doing a residency or fellowship or going into public health, trying to get those appies done early you know, try to get them done before Christmas break. I think that's the best thing because, you know, it makes you know, oh, do I really want to do this? And is this really like interesting for me or is this not? And then, you know, for me, I was able to do my industry once early. And then I also got in one, you know, between fellowship and residency. And I, you know, I did my New York Presbyterian one as well, a little bit early, like right before Christmas break and mid-year and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that gives you probably the best picture. And I think that kind of directs you in a way. I I don't know if you have any thoughts on that as well, Sean. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. And the biggest advice I've ever received is you really find out what you want to do during your rotations in terms of career options after pharmacy school. And it's kind of crazy. I thought when I was a fifth year pharmacy student and students that were on rotations told me that, I was like, you're crazy. I mean, you're literally going to school for five years and it takes you the last year to figure out what you want to do. Um, but I'm sure you have plenty of stories. I have stories too, in terms of the opportunities that were presented to me, had me change my trajectory of what I wanted to do. And so getting those opportunities early before mid-year. And so exactly kind of what you did is the same thing that I did where I had my industry experience actually first. And then I did a matrix at Johns Hopkins uh, right before mid-year to really test the waters between doing either a fellowship and going in the pharmaceutical industry or doing a residency and working in the hospital. And so I'm a a firm believer of front-loading your schedule. And of course, it's still making it fun. I'll be honest. I also did a Guatemala medical mission trip, which was incredible, uh, 100%. Would recommend it to anybody, even if you're not interested in public health. Uh, That's my personal bias, though. But those are my first five rotations before mid-year and absolutely love that I front-loaded them just because I gained that exposure, gained that experience and opportunity, and that helped me pick of what I wanted to do after. Yeah, I I 100% agree front-loading is the best because when you get back to rotations after mid-year, after Christmas break, if you you went through all the interview process and all that stuff, you're going to be a little burnt out and you feel like, you know, maybe, uh, you know, you're not giving it your all or, or... you know, that's not, you know, not you as a person. So I think definitely front loading is, is really good advice for sure. Yeah. 
that that's a great point. And that actually brings up another great topic that I, I just thought of is your off rotation. And I know that was a question from so many students. Uh, that's a big question that I had when I was picking my rotations and applying for certain rotations. I, I have my own opinion, uh, but I want to see what is your thoughts of when you should take your off rotation. So personally for me, my off rotation is eight is my last rotation. And okay. that I'm actually very excited. That's my last one because you know, you get the time off either if you're going to start studying for NAPLEX, you know, figure out if you have to make moves depending on your job or, you know, just being able to relax because, you know, you don't have anything else going on. You're, you're going to graduate. I think for off rotation, if you're doing a residency, probably you want to take off your sixth or seventh block. So that's like right after Christmas break. And I think probably the same for fellowship. I feel like this year though, fellowship was a little different in that Everything was probably figured out, you know, even before Christmas came around, I think like December 20th, I think all the offers were pretty much out from there. So I think, you know, you could do fellowship, you take off six if, if it goes a different normal route, but I would recommend not taking off early in the blocks to, I, you know, taking off in the first three, I think it's cool because, you know, it's summer and, and you get to go out and whatever and the beach, but I think, you know, taking it off early kind of might throw you off in a little bit and, and get your rhythm off. Yeah, couldn't agree more to all of that. And the reason why David's saying take off six, six or seven for residency specifically is because that's when interviews happen for applying to residencies. Mm -hmm. And you definitely don't want to go through your acute patient care, uh, which is, again, your technically what they say, your quote unquote hardest when you're actually rounding with the team and, and really seeing the front line and what a pharmacist can do rounding with the physician. It's, it's, really, it's definitely really tough to manage that as well as do residency interviews where you might have to take off a few days for your rotation. But at yeah. the same time, don't be afraid if you don't have those blocks off. Work with your preceptor. I know Scott and the and the team at University of Sciences, make sure that you don't miss a interview that you have planned or have scheduled. Uh, so definitely, if there is any issues, don't hesitate to reach out because again, at the end of the day, it's about your growth of what you want to do with your career. And the school has to make sure that they give you that opportunity to interview anywhere, um, not even if it's just for residency. Yeah, I think that's a great thing. And, and that's actually something that I spoke to Scott Green about. And I was like, oh, I'm a little worried taking eight off. What if I have interviews and stuff like that? And he was like, you shouldn't worry at all. Uh, you know, this is your career and something you're going after. We'll definitely, you know, figure it out between us and then whatever preceptor you're with to make sure that you get the interviews and go where you want to be. Mm -hmm. So I definitely, definitely agree with that. Don't be scared. You know, if you don't get that rotation block that you want off, everything, everything does work out in the end. Mm hmm. Couldn't agree more. So yeah, you shared that you're taking off eight. I've heard that from plenty of students. And I agree, definitely agree to a certain extent to take off that block, especially even have a time just to sit back, unwind, wait for graduation to come up. That's, that's a super exciting time, as well as even study for your boards. I think that's when I actually started. Actually, well, I waited after rotation eight when I started studying, but you can always study early. There's no such bad thing about studying early for that. Right. Uh, I took off six and I'm really glad that I did because then uh, if students don't know, fortunately, University of Sciences gives you off Christmas break or that whole month of December. So you have that whole month off, or at least that's what it was for me. Is that still correct? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Okay. So we've had, we had off from Thanksgiving all the way up till the after New Year's. So we've had like, we had one of the longest breaks, so which was really nice. Yeah. Awesome. And definitely I, when I was talking to a bunch of students from other schools that doesn't exist there. So I'm so glad our school right. gives us that. But then I took off six and I had another five weeks off. 
So it literally was just a huge Christmas break, chilling time for me, which was awesome. And I had my fellowship figured out too. So really just got to sit back unwind and really kind of soak it all in but still not a bad thing right right now i think we talked offline you're doing your hospital practice rotation right now and you're saying it's not too much of a, of a burden especially i mean let's just be honest i i'm sure that you're getting senioritis i definitely did after i figured out what i'm doing full-time after graduation big big time big time senioritis and uh you know i think my preceptor knows uh like where i'm going in the fellowship and he just wants me to get you know the most wholesome experience in say different areas that I want. So I think, you know, that works out for me as well. And then I think something we didn't actually mention is that for rotations, you can't take off block four and five. Mm. So when you're, when you're thinking about that and how you're setting up your schedule, just to, you know, always make sure that I think every student at U sciences has to be either rotation for blocks four and five. Yeah. I know that was a lot, especially for students that are probably listening to this and listening to this for the first time. So really just to recap, front load your schedule. I think that's something that I wish I, I mean, I'm glad that I did because I talked to students that were on rotation and really shared that advice with me. So if you don't, um, haven't heard that advice yet, that's something I think both David and I definitely agree. If you are interested in an experience, because again, something that I learned as well when I was in school is like, don't close any doors if you haven't had that opportunity yet. And so step outside your comfort zone. If, even if you're not thinking, I've talked to plenty of students who gave this advice to them. And I could be biased, but I want to hear your thoughts is that even if you're not even interested in industry or residency, I mean, you have to do hospital rotation, so you'll get that experience. But stepping outside your comfort zone and doing something that you weren't originally planning on doing. So, for example, if it's surgical ICU and you have no interest in that, do it because that opportunity can lead a path where you might be interested in it. But same thing with industry. I've talked to plenty of students that like, look, I'm doing residency, not doing industry at all. I'm like, we'll still do one. Because you never know where that opportunity is going to lead you. And also that network uh, that you can right. build. So I would definitely say step outside your comfort zone. And I recommend that every student does an industry rotation. But that's my personal opinion. Yeah. I think the best piece of advice I heard is that your happy year, there'd be no other year in your life where you can work somewhere for five weeks and then just move on to somewhere else. Yeah. So always remember that if it's an experience that because like you said, like, oh, like, I probably will never do this in my life. Just go for it. Who knows? Maybe mm-hmm. it could completely change your mind or, you know, change what you're doing. And at the end of the day, as you said, you build a network and who knows how that network network could assist you further down your career. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. And if you don't have the schedule that, that you think that you want, uh, I wouldn't say that it's too late. I'm sure you can reach out to the school. I keep, we keep putting Scott Green on the spot, so I hope he's still doing all this. Uh, definitely sit down and, t- and talk with him. I'm sure you can switch, switch around your rotations to, again, maximize your opportunity because mid-year is the big thing. And I, I also have seen the, the ugly side of it, unfortunately, where students after mid-year were like, look, I'm really interested in industry, but my industry rotation is actually after mid-year. And so do you still apply? It, it's, it's very tough when they, they kind of have that awakening or that full understanding after the process happens. So would hate for that to, for that to happen to students. But even if it's too late, I don't want to jump the gun. I'm definitely going to share some advice and Dave's going to share yeah. some advice too to maximize your rotations. But with that, want to jump to the, the second question, which I think everyone wants to know. And actually, I want to know too, because two years ago, I know I'm aging myself here, all my rotations were in person, but a little different for you this year. So I don't know if you want to share about doing virtual rotations and how that experience has been. Yeah. I think for me, my first, 
my first three or four rotations were all virtual. And that was like, you know, it's like a big step, like, oh, you're so excited to go to Appy Year and then you get to the virtual and you're like, all right, this is a little different. I think what I realized being virtual is that you you get a lot of downtime. You don't realize it, but there's a lot of free time because obviously you're not always sitting next to your preceptor. You're not always, you know, in the midst of work. So I think, you know, knowing that you have a lot of downtime, you should definitely reach out to your preceptor and be like, oh, like I'm, I'm free with this. What, how else can I assist or what other projects could I do? Or my ambulatory care was virtual. So how can I look at more patient cases or more patient charts and help in any way or assist in any way and anything going on? I think, you know, that's something to always keep in mind is that there will be a lot of downtime. And, but I've also heard the other hand where there's not as much downtime, there's less downtime being virtual than there is being in person. So definitely, you know, understanding and getting a feel for it probably in the first couple of days gives you better, better where this rotation is going to go. Yeah, that that's a great point. And I mean, you already share of taking that initiative. That was going to be one of the biggest advices I was going to share, especially during virtual, if I had to assume if I was in your shoes too, of taking that initiative and taking on more responsibilities. Because another piece of advice that I got at the end of the day, it's, it's basically a five-week interview. You know, you want that preceptor. And actually, we'll, I guess we'll take a step back too. When you're applying for residencies or fellowships or anything, they ask for letters of recommendation. So mm-hmm. who better to give you a letter of recommendation than your preceptor on rotations? And so you're basically doing a five-week interview and really hoping that they write you a letter of rec. And you need usually a minimum of three. I know for fellowship, I think residency is the same way. So you really have to make sure you leave a lasting impression. So I'm glad you share about taking the initiative, but was there any difference? I know you said your first three to four were virtual. Have you done any in person yet? And if so, how have they been different than virtual? Yeah. So my, this, the one that I'm currently on is in person and the last one I did was in person. And that was, you know, that was definitely a different experience because it was at a hospital, a pretty large hospital. So I'm at New York Presbyterian where probably like a thousand beds in the hospital. So definitely a huge system. I think it's different because I'm always with my preceptor. I'm always with someone that works in the hospital or someone that, you know, is is there for my further knowledge. So I think you get different experiences and, and it's more of a, a nine to five period where sometimes virtual might be, you know, you work for a couple of hours and then you're given a lot of autonomy at the end of the day to finish your projects. But here, I think in person, it's, it's more working with your preceptor step by step. And obviously, that just depends on what your preceptor schedule like and, and some of the, the goals you have for your rotation. I think that's another piece of advice when you, when you go in person or even virtually is, you know, you discuss with your preceptor, hey, like, these are some goals, like this is what I want to do and stuff like that. So when I did my acute patient care rotation, I was like, oh, I really want to know what it's like to be, you know, to have your role. Like, what are, what are some of the nuances that I might see from the outside, but I don't know what it's like on the inside. And I think that gives you a better perspective of also if this job is for you or if this career route is for you as well. Yeah. So just to unpack all that, that was a lot of some nice gems right there. I think the first is meaningful projects. And then the next one again is, is having and, t- and talking about your goals and what your expectations are. So we'll go with projects first. How did you decide what was quote unquote a meaningful project for you or how did you even find those or what did you even think was mm-hmm. a meaningful project that you had to complete for that rotation? And why was that important? I guess. Yeah. I think we'll start from the, the bottom. I think why it's important is having a meaningful project, I think expands both, you know, your experience, whether you need to talk about it in an interview or put it on your resume or CV, having that no, no matter how large or how small it is, 
is it really helps you, you know, have a full wholesome experience and then also lets you discuss more about it. I think approaching the project is you just, you just have to feel it out. I think you won't get, you know, sometimes you won't get the project right away on the first week, but say like, Oh, for instance, that there wasn't really much discussion about remdesivir for pediatric patients that have COVID. How, how about we, you know, make like a small sheet for providers and for everybody on the team just to give them a better idea. And, you know, that was like a small project that they did. It took them a day or two, but, you know, definitely something you can put on your CV. So I think just keeping your eyes open and being attentive and always being willing to learn or just being open like that definitely gives your preceptor, okay, like he can do this project or she can do this project mm-hmm. and that will help you as well. Yeah, that's great advice. And again, hate to say that it has to be, oh, something to put on my CV, but you're exactly right when you're applying for jobs or applying anywhere, fellowships, residencies, whatever it is, they're looking at your CV and they're seeing, okay, how much does this individual know and how much did they actually contribute? And it has to be, again, doesn't have to be some crazy life-saving thing where you, where you save the patient's life, but even something as small as, again, the, the project that, that you just discussed right there with remdesivir. I mean, as long yeah. as you can speak upon it and can actually go A to Z of, of what your role was, what the big picture was, I think is truly important. Uh, so that covers meaningful projects. I think you should at least do, I may be biased, but I, I say at least minimum two of trying to get something on your CV that you have done. I mean, and a lot of the things that's great with the University of Sciences is they have a checklist of things that you have to complete for, per rotation. So a lot of that stuff is kind of already generated and already kind of have a backbone of how to create your goals. Yeah, I think, you know, a way to put it is that there's a lot of stuff that you do on rotation. You have to remember that a lot of fellow students or different kids from different schools are doing. So, you know, getting that project is probably what makes your experience personalized for you. And I think that's why it can, you know, it can be sometimes a bigger thing because a lot of kids, you know, you will be rounding or will be attending different meetings and stuff like that. So that project is what helps you get a better idea of the rotation, as you said. Yeah. And so then with that, developing your goals and having that conversation, when would you recommend to have that conversation with the preceptor? So personally, for me, I had my goals uh, conversation by the second day. Mm-hmm. And I think that probably gauged it better and then you know following weeks we would figure stuff out or we would talk about stuff and then sometimes some rotations might give you feedback every Friday or feedback to start the week about your last week I think those instances are are what really helpful to you know go towards your goals or maybe to reassess some different things but definitely have the goals conversation as early as possible I think maybe if you get a better understanding of what the rotation is like and then you can talk about the goals but I wouldn't wait until, you know, your midpoint, the middle of the rotation to start talking about goals, because at that point, you're, you only have two or three weeks left. So it might be a little too late for some of your longstanding goals that you want to complete. Yeah, you couldn't have said it any better. I was going to say the same exact thing. Have it. Yeah. I would even say the first day, if, if you can, if mm-hmm. uh, sometimes a lot of preceptors, especially the first day, will will take the time to sit down with you, lay out the roadmap of what this rotation is going to be. And so preparing your goals, really think, okay, what do I want to accomplish? Something that I tell a lot of students that are interested in residency or, I mean, even fellowship, but I know specifically residency, they look for research on your rotations or just research in general. So I tell them to find a research project and try to, if you can, to actually present that at a conference like ASHP mid-year or something like that. And so if that's one of your goals, if you haven't done that yet, then ask. And preceptors are nine times out of 10 willing to help you 
in any facet or any capability to make sure that you get your goals completed. Fortunately, with our school, they they require a midpoint evaluation and a final. But again, why wait? Like you said, wait till the end of week one or end of week two where you're about to have your midpoint and then it's too late because even though it's five weeks, it does fly by. Literally the first two weeks is kind of finding your footing. And then after that, it's it's done. So that's goal setting one, but I even want to take it to the next step of just expectations. So I, I also recommend students to sit down and not even think about your goals, but what are your expectations on the rotation or of the preceptor and vice versa? And see if you guys can come to a consensus of what they expect and what you expect. I mean, even just from as simple as what time should I come in? How many patients do you think I should work up X, Y, and Z weeks? Uh, the list goes on and on, but I think those are the two biggest things you should have early and often, again, is setting your goals and telling them your goals as well as expectations for both sides. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, Sean, you really hit the nail on the head of expectations and goals. And, and sometimes, you know, your preceptor might be a little busy, but don't be afraid to, you know, if they haven't, if they didn't tell you, oh, like, what are your goals or ask you what are your goals or stuff? don't be afraid to, to mention to that and have that discussion mm-hmm. because that they'll appreciate it. And then they'll be able to work with you to make you reach what you're hoping to get most out of that rotation. Yeah, that's great. And so then just a circle back to, I mean, we talked about virtual, we talked about in-person rotations. It kind of sounds like, yes, even though virtual, you might have some more downtime. I think you have to take more initiative. I would still mm-hmm. say they're kind of pretty even in terms of what you should expect uh, during rotations. Yeah. I think, the best way to put it is that I did a rotation somewhere where I had done an internship a few years ago. And essentially it was pretty much blocked in the same way as I, as it was in person, as it would be on rotation, but obviously being at home and maybe having a little less downtime and not having those casual conversations with your preceptor is probably the biggest difference. But I would say over overall, it was, it was the same in the work that I was doing. And so now I want to jump into advice that, I wish I knew when I was on rotations and I'm sure you have plenty of advice as well. And and so just to start, I think we'll just play some hypothetical scenarios here. Say that you're a fifth year student listening to this episode. Uh, Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. I hope you find this helpful and say it's too late. You know, you're in January, you already have your happy schedule. You took the initiative and talked to Scott and unfortunately can't get that industry experience before mid-year. So what do you do? First and most importantly, don't freak out. Going back to creating those expectations as well as creating those projects, those meaningful projects, something that I've seen a lot of students do is, again, taking that next step and tailoring your projects to what you're interested in. So, again, you're on your hospital practice uh, care rotation right now. I've seen plenty of students that were, say, were interested in cardio, but their hospital practice rotation, again, is just just general uh, pharmacy management. And they would tailor their projects to cardiology because that's what they're interested in. Same thing with kind of industry. People say that, oh, well, industry and hospital, two different animals. You may, may be right to a certain extent, but again, there's IDS or investigational drug services that we work with clinical trials, or there's always pharmaceutical reps or something you can relate in terms of optimization or just managerial things that you can still translate from when you applied for the pharmaceutical industry fellowships that you can use those experiences from your hospital rotations to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I think even to take a step back from that, Sean, is just because now it's January and say you don't have that happy experience, you know, you never know what's going to happen as you get closer to the year. I know kids that didn't get their happy experience that they wanted until the weekend before. Your your schedule is consistently changing. I know COVID kind of changed a lot of that, made it really different. So there was instances where I didn't know where I was going on rotation until the week beforehand. Mm-hmm. So just because you don't have it now doesn't mean 
stuff doesn't open up and you know scott green is always including a lot more you know a lot more rotation so it will definitely open up or it could open up into something that you really want to do and i think you know you talked about doing projects that might gauge you that way and i think so for instance say you want to do industry but you don't have those industry rotations but you have instances where you can present a lot i know sean you've given a lot of presentations in your fellowship mm-hmm. i'm sure it continues going on so just because you're not there but you can say oh i presented on this and this and this is really helpful skills or, or stuff that you might not realize is so important just going on to different career routes and then gauging uh, different experiences that way i think always helps you can always make an experience work if you if you look deeply into it, I think is the best way to put it out. Yeah. Two things come to mind, transferable skills and kind of just playing with the cards that you're dealt here, right? I mean, you have the rotation mm-hmm. schedule, but it's making the best out of the experience. I think it's great. Uh, what other advice do you think you wish you knew uh, when you're on rotations or even starting or picking your rotations that you want to share? I think the biggest advice I wish I knew on the first day of rotation is, every preceptor will always ask you, what are you interested in? Where are you going to go? I think it's important that you don't say like, oh, I 100% want to do fellowship or I 100% want to do residency. Because at, at some points, you know, you want to be open to that learning experience and you want the preceptor to know that you, you care about this experience, even if it's not uh, like the top of your list. I think those are, those are two things that I kind of wish I knew. And it definitely you know, the more I knew about it definitely helped. I think my rotation, honestly, overall, I think the second piece is, is when you get there, just try to be as curious as possible. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to ask questions on rotations, ask a lot of questions. I think a lot of preceptors really appreciate that and show that you're really engaged to, to learn more about pharmacy as a whole or, or about this specific role or the specific happy as general. Mm-hmm. And then for, you know, as I said, for scheduling wise, don't be afraid, you know, reach out to Scott Green or to some of the experimental directors, say something isn't totally what you want to do, but uh, it doesn't work out or, or keep asking, oh, maybe something opens up, you never know. So don't, don't totally think that, oh, my, this is my rotation, this is my schedule, like this is set in stone. Things mm-hmm. cont- continuously and consistently change. Even my matrix was supposed to be in three different blocks and it got pushed back to two blocks further down. So don't be, you know, don't be nervous about that. Yeah. All great advice. I think if I had to add on top of that, I know we talked again a lot about setting expectations. What are your goals? Midpoint evaluation. What is very weird when you're on rotations and it's this kind of fine line. I don't know if you felt this way yet. I mean, maybe you will feel once you finish rotations, but I kind of got this awakening that you're not only a student anymore, but you're also professional on rotations and being that advocate for yourself, and say, what do you want? I think the biggest thing that I learned is that if you don't speak up, then they might not know that it's an issue or a problem. So if there's something that bothers you or there's something that you really wanted to do, set them aside. I think they'll find, uh, it's, again, in a respectful way, but I think that they will respect you more highly if you kind of sit them down and talk to them, your thought process and what you would like to get out of it. I think even with that too, we talked about feedback, that some preceptors will give feedback on a weekly basis I personally have I've had preceptors that didn't give me feedback until the last day. And I really kind of shot myself in the foot there because if I really took the initiative to sit down with them and say at the midpoint evaluation or maybe even weekly, there's ways that you can go around it, even if they're not comfortable giving feedback. Mm-hmm. So those are those are two big things for me. And I kind of it kind of ties into the advocacy part, but to be completely honest with you, you you will have great preceptors 
and you will have not so great preceptors. And again, it just comes down to the preceptor style where maybe you're used to having a preceptor hovering over you 24 seven and you have a preceptor that's so hands off that you're kind of lost. Well, again, going back to being an advocate for yourself and setting those expectations. And again, you do have to learn how to work with them, but they also should respect on how to work with you. So again, I couldn't stress even more about just being that advocate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, you really, you really talked definitely on it, Sean, is that I think in school, you're, you know, you're spoon fed as a student, but on rotation, you have to be an advocate and you have to say, Hey, this is what I want to do. Or, or, Hey, this is, this is an experience that I really need to seek out, or I really want to know how I can succeed. So don't be afraid to ask your preceptor, Hey, like, what am I doing that, you know, I think I should, I should improve on, or, or can I have some feedback? Obviously they might, you know, they might be uncomfortable and, you know, some preceptors are always different in how they go about it, but there's always instances where, as you said, you know, you can figure out how you can improve day to day or week to week. Yeah, because they're trying to learn from you too at the end of the day. And, you know, the school does a great job picking preceptors. And again, nine times out of 10, they're willing to, I mean, give an arm and a leg for you to make sure you get the experience that you want to get. I think one more piece of advice that I knew, but I didn't, you know, when they tell you it and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I got it. But you don't really do it was carrying a mini uh, planner or mini just booklet with me and writing down my experiences. Because when you go back and you write your CV and write your bullet points, you're like, crap, what did I do that first week? Or what was that project about? And you might think it's such a small experience, but I recommend, again, you can go over the top. I, the advice that I got was, okay, bring that planner and every day, write down what you did that day. I didn't go that crazy over it, but every week after my third or fourth rotation, I'm like, crap, what I've completely forgot what I did. I would sit down for like not even an hour on a Friday and just write down what did I do for that week and what did I get out of it? Because again, like you said, they ask you that for interviews of like, what did you do? What was that main point? What was the big picture? Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, that's great advice. And that's advice <laughs> I've probably used moving forward. <laughs> I, I forgot about that. I don't do that. I think, you know, having a planner and writing stuff down about, what actions you did is really important. And I think another piece is that your preceptor might ask you different questions and throughout the day and, and you might forget, but to write them down and, and to get back to the preceptor on different things, I think that really sets you apart as being, you know, an above and beyond happy student. So yeah. don't, you know, those are two things definitely to keep writing down and, and to pay attention to that is a great piece of advice. I do have to say. <laughs> Thank you. And again, I wish I took more advantage of it too. So I hope this, the students listening will take advantage of that. And I'll, I'll share one more piece of advice. I know we're wrapping up here, but it's, it's actually more of a funny story than advice. But my advice would be do not wear your white coat when you go on your industry rotation. I, it was my first rotation. Everyone told me not to do that. But I'm like, you know what? I still want to bring it just in case. And I walked in with my white coat. And again, this was in person. Hopefully, Appy Rotations and Industries become in person soon. But I walked in with my white coat and my preceptor's like, go put that back in the car. Like, just don't bring that in ever again. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's, there are instances on rotation where you won't have to wear your white coat. And those are those are great. Uh, those are great rotations. Yeah, <laughs> to say the least, I agree. But David, thank you again so much. Uh, Jam pack with just some nice advice, some pearls that I hope our students find beneficial and super helpful. But with that, if you've listened to the podcast before, uh, you probably know the next question that I'm going to ask, and that is your favorite U Sciences memory. And I will put at the end so far because you still have not graduated yet. So I'm sure there's plenty of experiences or plenty of memories that you have. But if you want to share just one, uh, that'd be great. Uh, 
Uh, there's there's way too many to pick. I think <laughs> I don't know. I think my probably one of my fondest memories is Student Appreciation Day, my P one year. I think Sean, that probably was your P three year, maybe. Yeah. Um, the weather it was like the perfect weather we probably have had for Student Appreciation Day. It was really nice out. Everybody was out on the baseball fields, you know, enjoying the time. I think those are probably that's probably one of my my best one of my favorite memories so far at U Sciences. Yeah, I absolutely love Student Appreciation Day. I hope it comes back soon. I mean, again, hopefully we can all go back to campus safely and enjoy it. Honestly, I think it's definitely one of the highlights. I always had to all the Student Appreciation Days have been great. But David, again, thank you so much for taking the time to share your advice. Congratulations again on securing that fellowship with you sciences. So it doesn't look like you're going anywhere. Some students will probably see you being a preceptor or helping out in some facets. So I'm excited mm-hmm. that you'll be giving back to the U sciences community. But for students out there, if we didn't answer a question that you had about rotation specifically for the pharmacy students, or if you want us to clarify a little bit more about some of the advice that we shared, feel free to reach out to both David and I, both on LinkedIn, Facebook, and if not, find us on Nexus at nexus.usciences.edu. It's this awesome virtual platform for just you sciences alumni and students to connect professionally and personally. And it's an amazing resource for anyone looking to build new relationships, find mentors or jobs, or just stay connected to old friends and faculty, as well as we'll answer your questions there too. So feel free to reach out to us. I know also this episode was specifically for pharmacy students. So if students out there from OTPT, um, I know actually some students too that leave U Sciences after four years and go to either dental school or even medical school. I'm sure we have plenty of U Sciences alum or students out there that could answer questions that you may have. Uh, so if you're interested in learning more from those different majors, please feel free to reach out. I'm generally happy to bring one of those individuals on as a guest. But with that, David, any last words? No, but, you know, thank you so much, Sean, for having me on. Thank you for you know, letting me be on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I hope, you know, all the students or anybody listening uh, can seek some good advice from that. And if not, uh, have more questions, you can reach out to me or can reach out to Sean. Yeah. yeah. And I know this was your first ever podcast, probably definitely not the last, but you're a natural, man. Yeah. You're, you're a natural. Uh, I don't know about that, but thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, and best of luck. I know we'll stay in touch, but again, best of luck with your upcoming rotations and graduation. Thanks, Sean.